Crusoe Welcome, episode 145, which if it was caps would bring us level with uh, Javier Zanetti in The Men and amongst others Alex Scott and Carla Couto, a Portuguese great uh, in the women's game. Uh, it's Podcast Peltro, my name's Russell and um, he's waiting for a car. Now I don't know whether this is a hire car, whether it's a brand new car, whether it's a chauffeur coming to collect them for something. But it's Hugh Davis, how are you sir? Thank you. It is uh, an electric car, which I've not ever had one before, but uh, my wife managed to get one through an NHS leasing system and um, not too prosperously, perhaps um, the guy who's delivering it has got a flat tire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this doesn't doesn't bode well, does it? No, exactly. But yeah, so that's fun. So I'm, I'm working and also waiting on the delivery. Otherwise, okay. Looking forward to the um, Nations League games. Are you allowed to say for the purpose of this what you're working on or not? Yeah, I don't see why not. I'm working on the um, 442 uh, World Cup supplement and um, subbing the uh, kind of sub editing the pages now before they go to um, print. It'll be out sometime mid October, I think, along with some other exciting bits and bobs. Uh, I wrote the Wales preview and I'm editing it now and being very possessive over it, and I can't wait to see it all get changed at the last minute but uh, <laughs> yeah just wondering about predictions and things as well about how far we realistically think we can go and such it's it's quite fun kind of mapping out the the um not the ladder the uh, wall charts if you like and seeing who can go where and so on it's 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 getting me a little bit excited for a world cup that is unfortunately very distant but these are the kind of like the stepping stones aren't they these are like the key milestones ahead of these tournaments makes it begins to make it feel much more tangible isn't it you know it's the it's it's the panini sticker album coming out it's the the supplements it's 442 it's all those it's all those little things you know it's the kit coming out then someone releases a song and it's all those things that that collectively generate that that buzz that we that we love yeah we've already had a, a reference to um I think it was in the mail saying that assuming England are going to go through to the next round. Like the exact context was talking about um, Ecuador possibly being kicked out and replaced by Chile, and the words used in the mail were "this will have an impact on who England will face in the last 16. So you know we're we're already at that stage of things. That's absolutely, and it's another one of those things that again just adds that that that, that is that self belief or is that arrogance or whatever it is um, is part and parcel of uh, the, the tournament build up. So last episode, Gaz Rich and I. It just kind of it was a bit of a a roundup, just kind of rattling through different things that happened because it had been a while since we'd stuck an episode out. Spent a bit of time on on Luke Harris. We had touched on Jordan James insofar as he had uh, in inverted commas returned to the fold, um, having spent some time with England at the twenties in the twenty ones. Since that went out, he he's been uh, promoted to the full squad. I wonder whether we might we might see him get a cap. In the, win one or other the next two games, maybe not Belgium, maybe maybe more likely Poland. I don't know. There's certainly one vacancy um, because of for a holding midfield, and I, I know you can tell us a little bit more about where he's kind of lining up in terms of the Birmingham midfield. But more as a deep line midfielder, there's a vacancy with Joe Allen out. And um, ordinarily, you know, the likes of Ramsey dropping out, and Ramsey drops out a lot. You know, we, we I suppose to a certain extent we're used to that. But Allen missing as well, Bale potentially missing, you know, Ben Davis very rarely unavailable for us you know that's a lot of caps that's 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 a lot of experience that's a lot of uh, um, character really important players for us usually we begin to start to panic a little bit or the doom and gloom sets in but i'm not maybe i'm looking in the wrong place but i'm not sensing any of that at the minute now does that reflect because we are 
confidence in who steps in because we've had a couple of shadow starting 11s in games against good opposition where we've done okay. Poland comes to mind, Czech Republic. Yeah. Or is it is it is it because it doesn't matter? It's just the Nations League and the, the most important thing is the World Cup. And Belgium away is not the sort of fix you want to go into with a with a with with key players missing ordinarily. How do you see it? Well, I remember being um, in the uh, King Badawan Stadium when we drew with Belgium with David Cottrell playing up front. So uh, that at least gives me some hope that we should be able to go there with a second string eleven. That was when um, George Williams also brained Bruce Mertens. So all, all the kind of bad blasts in the past now. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose I suppose a part of it is. I know this sounds so blasé, but we're so used to playing Belgium that it's it's lost a kind of sense of impact of we are going away to one of the best teams in the world, as they are still theoretically one of the best teams in the world because we play them twice a year. But I do think there's a bit more levity about us and our options now, as, as you say, because I think our backup options are looking a bit better. We, I mean, we're going to be picking a World Cup squad, which is in itself just a wonderful phrase, but we're going to be picking a World Cup squad from, say, probably about 33, 34 players who would realistically think they've got a shot of getting into what's probably going to be a 25 or six-man squad. I think they're going to make it slightly bigger. But um, yeah, like maybe 30 names trying to go into that. Whereas I remember ahead of Euro 2016, it really was a case of 25 into 23 or even 24 into 23. I think Emma Hughes was the um, 24th, unfortunately for him. But the other players um, kind of around them, like Sean McDonald and, and and such, weren't really expected to break in. Whereas we've got something approaching a selection dilemma, and so there is, you would think, an opportunity for someone like um, Jordan James to come in because while we have this depth in some positions, not in all of them, and central midfield is a bit of an issue, and having a tenacious midfield in there who's kind of kind of the um, doesn't mind snapping into a tackle while also having some technical ability is exactly what we need if Joe Allen is um, unavailable at any point because that's going to happen a bit more often. He's 32 now. And it's good to know that James has been performing so well at Birmingham this year and in, by the sounds of it, a very similar position. I mean, I've watched Birmingham a bit, but not every game. And um, as I understand it, he's actually having to be a one-man midfield for them quite a lot in the same way that Joe Allen was in the playoffs, which alarmed me quite a bit at the time. Just let him do all of the midfielding. But um, James has been doing something similar as an 18-year-old and a not especially good Birmingham side. So I can definitely see him getting some minutes against Poland, maybe maybe even a surprise start, see how he gets on. Maybe it's too late for him to get to this World Cup. But I don't know, we, we are not stacked with options in that area, even though on the whole, I think our second string, as you say, is looking a little bit more experienced and a little bit more vibrant than it used to. We've kind of used this as a sort of veiled criticism of, of teams like Northern Ireland or the Republic of Ireland, where you know when we've played, we've played Republic a lot as well. You know they make a change, and it feels just like it's it's just you know it's the same player coming on yeah. to replace the same player. I do get a feeling that as much as people kind of go, oh Matt Smith or Dylan Levitt, well actually they're much of a muchness, and I would probably argue Joe Morell as well. I mean Joe Morell I think has played well, and I I will defend Joe Morell quite a bit. I think he's been a really really good player for us. Mm-hmm. But it, it it's all kind of the similar mould of player, isn't it? Now, but perhaps perhaps Jordan James is um, is, is is another an, another uh, example of that. But it it does feel like if we could have someone that's got a little bit more technique as well as being able to do that in the way that Alan does have, then I, I think that would be a really really good addition. I do feel we're a little bit bit light um, in 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 terms of depth 
because it feels a bit much of muchness. I know Levitt has got some fantastic show reels on YouTube in terms of sort of passing and things like that. Dundee United fans were absolutely thrilled that he, he stayed on uh, after last season. This season has been a bit of a, a struggle in contrast to last year's, obviously. It's unfortunate when a player gets caught up in that. It's parallel. I mean, I think that was the same weekend, wasn't it? That they shipped nine that Bournemouth did. So we had like, you know, Kiefer Moore, Chris Meppen, and Dunn and Levitt all shipping nine goals in a, in a, in a, in a team. At the same time, Danny Ward's Leicester have broken records for the most goals conceded in a top-flight season. Uh, yes, I, but Mepham also won Player of the Month for Beth Bournemouth, so you know it. It, yeah. it doesn't tell you the full the full story, and, and and Levitt was more or less the best player at Ibrox at Dundee United. So, yeah, you know what what's happening. The, the struggles that a club might have doesn't necessarily reflect on 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 the player in the same way to the same extent. But I, I do think there's a there's a, an opportunity for someone to really kind of stamp. Their authority on that 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 midfield, whether as Joe Allen's heir apparent, or whether as jumping ahead of Joe Morell, as as good as as, as Joe Morell has, has been for us. So I think it's a really interesting one. I I, I think he'll get a cap. Which incidentally, in in respect of the the whole kind of um, you know switching between uh, uh, Wales and England and back again, um, I'm pretty sure the Nations League games count as as competitive, and therefore he'd be yeah. he'd be tied to us. Yeah, so there's that in the in the background as well. Not that we should be capping people for those reasons. No, and I don't think we are even in the place. We did. No, we did for a time. He's there very much on merit. Um, uh, one thing that I do like uh, is described by um, a Birmingham fan called Ryan Deeney, who uh, he kind of was giving me a bit of a lowdown on things I've missed from you know maybe seeing some games and all. And his um, his description was yeah, very technically very competent, Jordan James, and tactically very switched on, not afraid of a tackle, and he's a little shit out. Which, is, which I thought was exactly what we want. I know we've talked before, I've talked before about us having too many players getting books easily or whatever, but if someone's 18 and coming into midfield, I don't want him afraid in any way, if you see what I mean. So that- and actually, if we had a little bit more shithouse in the team, we probably would have not lost at least one of those games to the Dutch. That's true, um, yeah. So um, there's, there's, there's always a time and a place for it, for sure. I mean, defensively, Notwithstanding Ben Davis not being there, it's it's more or less kind of full strength. Mepham's playing, which he wasn't always last season. Joe Roden is playing, which he um, certainly wasn't last season. Um, that that I think is 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 really helpful because I actually I actually thought Chris Mepham was was looking a lot stronger for us towards the 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 end of last season. Um, and I guess I guess I don't know. Do we see we probably see Ben Kabango coming in on, on the left of three? Yeah, Cabango's had a little bit of a struggle at times this season. Um, I think the left of the three is probably going to go to Reese Norrington Davis of anyone. I mean, that's the other kind of problem position. It's not problem position because Ben Davis is in that position doing very well. It's our problem in that there's no particularly good left-sided centre-back. I mean, every team in the world seems to have this issue at the moment, apart from us in terms of Ben Davis, but not so much in the backup. Um, we've always overlooked uh, Andrew Hughes of Preston. Preston fans have baffled us to that. But I mean, I don't think we're going to start handing out caps to a 30-year-old now who's never been in the setup before. But it might be that um, we've got to start thinking about who can go there. I mean, we we played Chester on the wrong side there in the European Championship semi-final. You, you can always play, put players out of position. And Purdue doesn't look that natural there. But I think we'll probably try Reese Norrington Davis there if Davis isn't available. And he's he's played left centre-back a little bit for Sheffield United. And... Um, He's not bad there. He's, he's defensively pretty sound, but um, he loses kind of energy up and down the flank, if you like. I'm not sure he's as disciplined as you want from a centre-back. 
One thing you mentioned with Mepham actually does make me wonder if we can solve our midfield problem by having Ampadu there and Mepham at right centre back would be a nice little solution because we know Ampadu can pass and tackle and do all the things you want in the midfield. It's just we generally like him stepping out of defence a bit. But that in itself is a nice problem to have, I suppose. Yeah, that's kind of why I, where I was going. I think it frees up Ampadu to step in the midfield and it gives us a little bit more dynamism, gives us a bit more presence. And I, I personally think longer term that is his best position. I know people, you know, disagree. Um, in some respects, it, 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 it almost doesn't. It, in some ways, it doesn't matter. Is he available for us? And he looks like he can play. And he can play in a lot of different positions. He's so he's so t- 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 technically accomplished. Um, but it would be nice to know where we're going to have him ahead of a tournament. Mm. And and if Mepham is finding his feet and finding his form again, which ball accounts he is, then. Um, I think he gives us gives us that option of allowing Ampadu in, into midfield. Uh, I hadn't thought really much of Reece Norrington Davis, but I mean, I guess it's options. And presumably, though, it, this is what we want. This is what these two games can do. I know we don't, we wouldn't want to get relegated from the Nations League. That that would have implications of things like uh, seedings and, and pots and things like that for future draws. However, you know, the World Cup supersedes all of that. So surely the priority is just using these two games to look at. Those sorts of, those sorts of options. Yeah. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise that these players aren't available because we're forced to to look to look at alternatives that we might not have been inclined to do otherwise. I don't know. I'd say a blessing in disguise is exactly right because if there were two positions I want us to work out a replacement in is central midfield and that left centre back role because Davis plays every game, which is understandable. Alan plays virtually every game, which is understandable. But it means that we don't know um, what we're doing there. Actually, I, come to think of it. I remember complaining ahead of Euro 2016 that we hadn't tested our sub-keepers enough because Hennessy just played every game. I think Ward went into that tournament with two 45 minutes under his belt ever. And then suddenly we're starting our biggest game in 60 years, you know, or 58 years, because Hennessy um, had a back strain on the day of the, on the, day of the game or the, day, or the game. And that was suddenly, oh, wow, we're not prepared for this. We aren't ready at all. And... It generally feels a bit less like that's the situation for us now, except maybe in those positions, is, is all I'd say. I mean, I think I mean, it's easy to forget that someone like Smith has got kind of nearly 20 caps and Morel's got nearly 30. Like, we've got um, some, if not experienced players there, at least players who have played a lot for us. But um, if any two players had to miss out on this window, the last window in which we can kind of test other options, I almost wish it was those two or that it is those two not that I have been kind of, what do you call it uh, stabbing uh, pins in um, into voodoo dolls or anything like that but if we have <laughs> these two players I'm glad it's those two in the sense that we need to look at other options and now we possibly can that and again trying to get a handle on the goalkeeping situation because that's the thing we know who our number one is well, I was going to throw wing backs in there I mean I was going to suggest Norrington Davis you've, you've put forward a case for him playing in uh, in a back three but I mean, you know, we know what Connor Roberts can do. We know what Nico Williams can do. They're, they're playing. So is it an opportunity to look at, you know, for example, Sorba Thomas, Wes Burns, you know, those sorts of players. Johnny Williams has played as a, as a wing back as well. And, the, you know, a lot of caps. And we know what he can do. But I, I wonder whether it's maybe looking at some of those options as well he's going to have a, have a look at. Yeah, I'd like to see Burns getting another crack at this. I mean, um, you know how I've been so much of a Sorba Thomas fanboy over the last year or so. He's not had as easy a time of it this season, but then Huddersfield had a pretty miserable time, all told, having lost their two best players and manager, and now another manager. In fact. So he's not found it easy, but you know that talent doesn't just go away. So yeah, I'd like to see Sorba getting an opportunity, but I think as we, we 
noticed he just looked a little bit lost in the last window and he didn't look up to speed with what was going on opposite him like he was targeted by the Dutch I think as you mentioned before when they scored one of those late winners they just realised straight away there was an opportunity to kind of go out and beat him in the air and occasionally he looks a little bit unsure as to what he should be doing that because he's got relative inexperience of those games I mean even the championship playoffs last season he was starting on the bench having come back from an injury so I don't think so much that he's fallen down the pecking order, but his star's a little dimmer than it was earlier in this calendar year. Um, so Wes Burns has an absolutely huge opportunity to stake a claim as kind of reserve wing back now, because I think we all know it's going to be Connor on the right and Nico on the left. Theoretically out of position, but he actually plays very well for us on the left there. And then mm. who are the replacements there? Because it can't be Ben Davis. I think we've realised now it can't be Gunter, although he is actually playing as a wing-back for Wimbledon uh, this year. Um, Johnny Williams as a wing-back seems like something we've done before because we wanted to rotate and rest legs and it's not his natural game, although he's done okay there. So are we going to have? Are we going to be sending Thomas and Burns? Are they ready if we suddenly have an injury? Are they ready to start against you know the USA or England and um, Iran? This would be a good opportunity to find that out. So it's a good point, actually. I haven't thought about those so much, but now you mention it, it would be a very good opportunity to get one or both starting in those games, even if there is, as you say, a National League, sorry, Nations League relegation to avoid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, um, the days where we're having to pick players who are in National League relegation is, uh, yeah, well, is, is long gone. <laughs> I think one more year, we may be picking Chris Gunter when he's in the middle of the National League relegation battle, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he gets, he gets, a, he gets a pass. Do you reckon Dan James is going to start yet another competitive game on the spin? Because he, he played in all, all all of the 400 games or whatever it was in June. Um, it's extraordinary that I, th- I think you guys mentioned that stat. It wasn't, I mean, I'm ashamed of myself for not noticing the stat first. That's, that's, that's <laughs> a deal. But um, yeah, like he hasn't failed to start a single competitive Wales game since his debut in early 2019. So I think it's, um, yeah, 32. We've played 32 international competitive games and he started 32 of them which is madness when you consider as you say in June there were four or five of them but um, so yeah he probably will both start both of them and actually for a change you could do it because his late moves to Fulham and everything he's not getting much game time there but um, yeah he, so he probably he probably will start um, and he set the goal up for Kiefer Moore against Belgium in, in the uh, the home fixture if they have any weaknesses it's it's in defence um, not necessarily, you know, through the middle, but but some of the crosses, um, and you you get a sense that the way he harries and he defends so effectively from the front, just you know, boundless energy. That's actually where, particularly if we're going to be a little bit deeper, because we'll be you know away against them. Um, I mean, this all assumes that Belgium are going to play a, a you know full strength team, and you know maybe Roberto Martinez is going to look at options. But I don't think there's a poor Belgium team these days, irrespective of, of who steps out. Um, I, I, I sense he's probably, you know, whatever tactical approach we take, he's going to be instrumental to it by just doing what he does up front, even more so in this fixture than usual. So I'd be amazed if we if we don't see him starting. And then I kind of wonder whether we'll probably end up seeing you know, Kiefer get a, a sort of rare start because he, notwithstanding injuries, he's not started that many games for us of late, which is kind of weird given... He's got a decent ratio. Interestingly, he's rarely kind of on the bench. He seems to either be starting or not in the match day squad. So mm. either trying other options or what have you. But, um, but then that then also means yeah. that you know that scenario then, as I've just presented, then means that Brennan Johnson is starting on the bench yet again. And the way he finished the last two fixtures uh, last season, 
surely he's got to you know he's he's, he's demanding a, a start if we're going to be looking at options so it's um it's an interesting one yet again he hasn't had a start against um against big things he, he's played against you know the holland and things starting but um i suppose a kind of really big key fix or anything like that and the idea of starting him away at belgium might be quite like kind of him and james and you know more because it sounds like bale probably won't be playing so yeah the front three of um of uh, those three of um johnson moore and james could be very exciting actually mm. um i was saying earlier you know for the last nine months or something that we need to find a way of getting him to start i don't know how we're going to do that now because of the way we've set ourselves up. But he's making that difference. Like he's he's given us a couple of really composed finishes as he hit hit the post. I think was it later on in one of the playoffs as well. So like the game the game very nearly went out of out of sight, and he can he can do that. So I'd I'd actually quite like to see him start that game rather than just have another twenty minutes from the bench in which he's expected to pull something off. And actually, sometimes does often does. But um, we'll see in that regard. I guess. I mean. There's also there's, there's so many options there because I think Colwell's had an in and out season at Cardiff um, hasn't kind of always had a huge amount of game time. I still think there's some fitness issues there, and there's like uh, Tyler Roberts is in the squad, Rabbi Matondo, Matondo's in the squad, Mark Harris. There's so many options there that I kind of wonder which ones he's gonna if he's gonna throw them all into one game against Poland. Maybe it'll depend on the situation, and then the other one go full strength, or maybe they just won't get a look in this time. We'll see. Yeah, I think that is literally everybody we've now mentioned in the squad, except for Tom King, but now we have. Or Tom King. Yeah, so there are options. And I do wonder whether, I mean, notwithstanding what we've just said about Brennan, and there's clearly an argument for him being involved, but we also sort of know what he can do now. Even though he's not had a huge amount of opportunity to do it, we kind of know that. Whereas I think maybe there's still question marks over Tyler. There's still question marks over Rabbi Matondo. Mark Harris hasn't had much of a much of a chance. So I can see him making full use well, actually, I say that he's actually quite reluctant to make substitutions a lot of the time, isn't he, Paige? So I don't know. As an issue one, I wonder whether maybe he'll uh, he'll buck that trend and use it as an opportunity to get as much game time out of the squad as as possible. But um, yeah, yeah. The substitutions are going to be so key in Qatar. Without going into a whole new discussion, it'd be good if we could um, kind of get into the habit of recognizing early in a second half when it's necessary, rather than just waiting until the legs are tired, or even beyond when the legs are tired. Yeah, tournament football brings other demands, um, and certainly the um, the heat and everything will be a factor. And I suppose as well, the fact that they don't actually have a huge amount of, of camp time beforehand. No, I do wonder whether some of the smaller countries there, if they don't have as much time available as they usually would at the World Cup, whether they're going to be on the end of some decent beatings as well, because that I think that disadvantage smaller countries over the bigger countries, perhaps, but we shall see. I'm kind of minded the press you for predictions, but it really does depend on on how Page wants to wants to tackle it. But what's the permutations though? What's before we do that? What's the permutations in terms of the sort of the relegation side of things? Because there's some other big countries potentially who can who can get relegated as well, which is a fascinating dynamic to this Nations League. Yeah, I mean the first ever Nations League came about. Germany were relegated, and that was like exciting and new and different. And then they rejigged the system so that they didn't, and they were back in, in uh, League A again. But this year it looks a lot more possible. I mean, currently, bottom of the four leagues is ourselves and Switzerland, but also France and England. Like, France are in a group with Denmark, Croatia, and Austria, and they're bottom, having not won a game. That's, you know, quite exciting. Like, we might be coming down, but we might still be facing some good teams. And of course, teams are coming up from, you know, League C. So, this idea that everyone was saying, oh, it's, it's kind of getting too tiered and, um, you know, you're never going to have teams playing 
different level of opposition again isn't the case because we're going to have I don't know say I don't know who's coming up from League C at the moment perhaps they'll be playing against the likes of France and England and dare I say ourselves hopefully not next year Kazakhstan Kazakhstan top of League Greek so we could see a Nations League next year and it's a country we've never played in the men's game so I mean the oh we haven't that's no, a good point so, so yeah 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 so ideally we'd be avoiding that relegation well yeah I guess and there is a certain sort of cachet to to being in the top tier of it all for sure we haven't looked at our place either. We've not looked at all overwhelmed. I mean, even no. though we had other... So, like, the away game in Poland, which we've lost, we had, it's fair to say, other things on our mind ahead of the a few days ahead of the playoff semi-final. And we played a week inside and only lost to two fairly casual goals against Holland at home. I think we all know we should have drawn and then threw away in the last second. And then again, same thing away. Drew at home to Belgium. I mean, we've not looked at all bad. We've, we've come away with one point and we've probably deserved about, I don't know, Kind of four or something like that. We probably could have won the Dutch home game, I suppose. So um, four or five. But I said this in the last episode: performances have, have been far better than results. And actually, if you were going to take one or the other ahead of a World Cup, you take performances all day long. So, oh yeah, um, yeah. It's it's you know there's there's more there's more to it than perhaps the table suggests. Um, and there is a scenario whereby you know only one win over the weekend still allows us to stay up. So you don't even have to stay up with a huge number of points, albeit we'd need you know Poland. You know, not to do very well in in this window either. Um, so yeah, so you know, it, it, it is worth it is worth fighting for clearly. But I think um, ultimately it's about it's about the performances again. And even if it were two narrow, two more narrow defeats, then I don't think that's the end of the world. If we've put in some encouraging performances and some of those youngsters have been exposed to you know top top opposition, even if it's like a a, a like a maybe not a B side Belgium, or, you know, it's a B plus. Then if it's not quite the first choice. You know, those players are going to be busting the gut to get into that that squad. So you've got this sense that there's a lot to play for, irrespective of how strong the relative starting 11s are, because it's so close to the World Cup. All of which I think is is great, and a far cry, obviously, from you know this this time of I said this time of year, because obviously it's a stupid time for a World Cup. But usually a couple of months out from World Cup, we're just um, friendly fodder for the teams that are going. And um, back in the old days when we weren't we weren't going, so. Um, yeah. We'll need um, to get something in Belgium to even have a shot of staying up in the last game against Poland anyway, because if we lose and Poland draw, then we're kind of mathematically bottom, can't do anything even if we beat Poland. So I think we'll be going as strong as we can in Belgium, with the exception of Bale, who we reckon probably isn't going to play. So yeah, if we can get something from that, or ideally if Poland lose at home to the Dutch as well, then we can go into the Poland game knowing that a win will do it. Whereas, obviously, if we don't, then there won't be anything to play for and we'll just try some different players. I think it will all depend on that first game, really, to see what we do in the home game against Poland, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah. I wouldn't be too surprised if we see Bill get, like, you know, 10, 15 minutes off the bench against yeah. Belgium because he's done that a couple of times in the last few games because I am absolutely convinced he is hunting down Chris Gunter's cap record. <laughs> and he's only... Let's have a look at it. So he can't pass it this window. He can't equal it. He's on 106. Gunter's on 109, but he's getting closer. So Gunter's um, going to get another one this window, I reckon. You reckon? Okay, so that takes 110. Hennessy's on 104. You, you get a sense there's a little kind of private, private battle. What's the um, paradox about uh, Achilles and the tortoise? Is it kind of um, so uh, Bale having to try and catch up with um, Gunter? But even if Gunter takes half a step, every step Bale takes, he'll never technically catch him. Although I don't think that's mathematically correct. <laughs> I'm not. Zeno's paradoxes, to be honest. If, if Bell was stuck in the 80s or the 90s, then perhaps, but um, I mean, Gunter's caps have just they've slowed right down to a little trickle, haven't they, really? And it is a cliche, and I know a lot of people don't really 
have time for it, but I do actually. He is good for the morale. He's good in the in the in the mm-hmm. camp. I think he's an important player in that in that squad, and I think he will go to Qatar. I don't imagine he he will play much. He might get a little kind of run out from the bench in one of the games, um, or he might be given you know the captain's armband in maybe the round game if we want to look to maybe make some changes. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But then I'm a bit of a, a sop for you know the nostalgic side of these things. I'm not quite as cold-hearted as say I don't know. Rich probably would say me or you. Yeah, I'm a bit softer in the middle. I think. So what do you reckon in Belgium? Two one defeat in Belgium, one nil win at home to Poland, and which may be enough depending on what the Poles do at home to the Dutch. I was going to say maybe two nil two. We we have been able to nick a goal in a lot of games away from home against stronger opposition. So yeah, two one feels right, but I could see maybe them sneaking a three one depending on how strong their formation uh, their selection is going to be. We've scored in all but one of our competitive games since Euro twenty twenty. Played twelve, scored eleven, and you know which one that was. Uh, put me on the spot now. Estonia? No, it was before. No, it was. Oh, Estonia. Nil-nil at home, That's right. Nil-nil yeah. at home to Estonia. Only time we've failed to score. And pretty much all of the other opposition we've played, with the exception of Estonia and Belarus, have been strong off though as well. Yeah, well, I mean, if Wilson had, if Wilson had uh, took his chance in the first whatever it was, eighteen seconds or something ridiculous, then um, I'm, I'm convinced that there would have been a different result that night. Well, by definition, it wouldn't have been a nil-nil, obviously, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's a very solid deduction, to be fair. I can't be arguing that. Yeah, yeah, nothing gets past me. Uh, I'm going to go... I'll go 2-1 defeat in Belgium, and I'll go 2-1 win at home. Okay. So, yeah, there we'll we go. That's not... There we go. Hugh, I will let you get back to your electric cars and work and everything else, because there's a lot hinging. You know, there's a lot of people... Looking forward to the to the four four two supplement. That's again, it's like I said, it's part of the build up. It is a staple. Well, I uh, I, I don't want to put, put any pressure on you. That's what I'm saying, though. That's okay. I'm just making sure I spelled the Welsh correctly. That I'm going to be trying to sneak in. Oh right, yes, good, good. And um, I'm sure we'll get back around the mic sometime next week and review how it all went. And then we're not yeah. far off our, our squad picks, I think. Yeah.